This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, the Lord's been good to us. Why don't you open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter number 20 today. Exodus chapter number 20. If you are a Sunday school kid, you know that's the chapter of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. But Exodus chapter 20, I'm going to be bringing you back to this I Am series for this week and Lord willing next week um, as we talk about uh, who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. you about that. Why don't we bow our heads now and ask God to open the word to us. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your spirit, for your presence. Lord, you see, you see my inabilities as they're screaming at me. And I pray, Lord, that you're just going to speak to us. Lord, that you're going to change who we are, that you're going to change our lives. And Lord, that your word will do the work you've sent it to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I want to bring you a message today entitled, Take the Name. Take the name. Before I read you this passage of Scripture today, I just want you to, to know that there, there's power in, in the name being received. And when we talk about taking a name, taking the name, I, I think sometimes that uh, we miss the significance of that. You know, this morning I, I walked in and said to uh, uh, one of the newlywed couples, I walked up to her, called her by her new last name, and she looked at me like, who are you talking to? She's only been married about a month, and, and she has not yet adjusted to the name change. But when you go through a change, it's like you go on social media, and you'll see a name that that's, looks one way, and you think, okay, that's who that was, and then they show you their, uh, their new name. Or they'll have their new name, and in parentheses, they'll have their maiden name, because they're saying if you want to find out who they were, if you knew them earlier in life, they've gone through a significant covenant relationship that's changed their name. And it involves all kinds of things, like going out and having your license changed, Having all your important documents changed, your passport, all your social security cards, all those things have to change when you take the new name. Can I tell you, when you take the name, things have to change. All right? So with that in mind, I want to read to you Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 7. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 7 reads like this in the NIV. It says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, for the Lord will not Hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now that phrase in King James is, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Okay? You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. And so some of you are looking around at your spouses and saying, hmm, that's why God sent us here today to hear that verse. Amen. But I want to talk to you about the power of taking the name. Now we're in our I Am series, and as we're in our I Am series today, I, I want you to know I have been blessed to see the results of this series, because I've really seen it in two key ways during this series. The very first thing that I've seen about the power of this series is the effect it's had on my own life. The effect of knowing and declaring who I am in Christ, what it's been doing in me. Somebody who has, and I've grown up in church. I was saved when I was four years old. I've been preaching and teaching since I was nine and regularly preaching almost every week since I was about 13 years of age. But, but this series has had some kind of an effect on my life by declaring who we are in Christ. 
And the effect has not just been on my life, but it's the response that I've received from so many of you as you're walking in the power of this truth. One young lady said she'd actually taken these truths and written them on the mirror in her bathroom so that every morning when she goes in to get ready, she has to look through these truths to prepare for her day. I thought how powerful that is as we walk in these truths. And you say, Pastor, maybe this is your first week. What are these truths? Well, there are three simple truths that we find when Jesus is baptized and he comes up out of the water, the heavens open, and these declarations are given. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is what we see there. He's loved his son and God's pleased with him. He said, this is my son, the one that I love and the one that I'm pleased with. Now, what does that have to do for you and I? Well, according to Galatians chapter 3, verse number 27, that we have been baptized in Christ, with Christ. And so by being baptized in Christ, with Christ, when Christ came up out of the water and the declaration was made over him, and I, I know I've been preaching this for a month and I feel like I'm just starting because it's such great truths, but I want you to get this today. When the declaration was made over Christ, it was also being made over us. This is my son, the one that I love, and the one that I'm uh, pleased in. In other words, what he was saying there was this is my child this is the one I love and the one that pleases me so we have three simple truths that we learn to or we need to learn to walk in in our lives are you ready help me with these today I want you to get these ready say them with me I am his child I am loved by God and I am pleasing to God I want you to know that as you begin to walk in the power of these truths, that they're there and given to us for very specific reasons. We've studied in this series that they came for trial and for temptation. There's some places you can't go if you're living as a child of God. There's some things you can't do if you're living as a child of God. Somebody said to me recently, they said, Pastor, you dared tell us what sin was. And I said, well, well, that's my job. And they said, well, it, it's, it's becoming somewhat of a, a rarity. Can I tell you that God has called us to become a church who has washed ourselves in the blood of Jesus Christ and we're watching and waiting for the return of the Lord and we're striving to be holy. Amen. That's what God has called us to be. You see, what we learn in this I Am series is that these truths, these I am his child, I am loved by God, and I am pleasing to God, are also truths that will reveal not only who we are, but they're going to help us see who God is more clearly, that he's a loving father who is trying to remake us into someone that we have been created to be, not someone that, that we are trying to be fit into someone else's mold. But through it all, we've come back around to one problem in these declarations, most of us have no problem admitting that we are his children because he is our father. Most of us have no problems admitting that we are loved by God because we understand that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His love, whoo, if a cross doesn't prove love, I don't know what else will. Come on, amen, has been proven to us. But how in the world could I possibly be pleasing to God? You may not be saying amen, but your eyes are screaming it. I mean, how could I, in my frailty, be pleasing to God? And my weaknesses and my struggles and the way that I, I struggled this week or the way that I fell or maybe even the way that I overcome, how, even in the meager attempts of that, how could it possibly be pleasing to God? And the truth is that we are pleasing to Him not because of our own achievements or our own failures, but rather because of the achievement of who Jesus Christ is and who Christ is in us. I want you to get that today. 
Now, the fact that God is pleased with us because of Christ is not a license to sin, but however, should be a step up out of sin. I didn't come in there this morning with a message of, of sinners in the hands of an angry God and to tell you that you're bursting hell wide open. What I came in here today is a message that Christ came not in the world to condemn the world, but that, that the world through him might be saved. And so what I came in here today with a message is if you find yourself in trouble, like you find yourself maybe bursting hell wide open, there is hope and his name is Jesus. And I came to give you a hand up because that's what this truth becomes, a hand up out of the bondage of sin. Would you just say amen like you believe it, even if you don't? Sometimes you got to help a brother out. You see, I know there are things in my past, and I know there are things in my present that do not please God. But that doesn't change the fact that I am pleasing to Him because I am His child. So what must I do to begin to line my life up with what is pleasing to my loving Father? Our text today gives us a starting point for living out this truth. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 7, let's read it again. It says, you shall not misuse or take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now I want you to understand this today. There's more to this specific commandment than what most good southern-raised people... Come on now. Let me rephrase that. Southern-raised people whose mothers had bars of soap. There's more to this passage than just say, not saying, oh my God. Most southerners know, you say, oh my God, you're going to get your mouth washed out with soap. There's more to this phrase than just not saying... Jesus Christ, when somebody cuts you off in traffic. But can I tell you, that's a really good place to start. Taking those phrases out of your life, taking those phrases out of who you are, taking those phrases, beginning there with honoring the name of the Lord. We've come a long ways from last week when we talked about the name Yahweh, which could not even be spoken by the children of God, which then became Adonai, which was the way that they said, I, I can't claim him as my God because I'm not worthy to claim him, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that he's my master. And, and then Jesus said you could call him Abba. We've come a long ways from that. And we should honor the name of the Lord. But... Here's what I want you to understand. There's more to this commandment. It's really more about living up to the name. You see, you should take the name. Maybe you're questioning today what name I'm talking about. Can I tell you today, and maybe I'm diverging for just a moment, and, and this is my rabbit trail to run down, but I've got to tell you, I'm not just talking about any name. I'm talking about a name that speaks and the waters become still. I'm talking about a name that stood before a tomb, and, and all of a sudden, he called forth Lazarus in power and authority. I'm talking about a name that's above all names, that's called the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the fairest of 10,000. I'm talking about the name of Jesus Christ, the name at which every knee shall bow, and every time shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm not just talking about taking on any name, but taking the name that's going to constitute a change of your name. And the question is, if we take the name, are we living up to his name? Are we living up to his 
name. You go, Pastor Don, I'm not sure that, that I understand I really have his name. Well, let me just tell it to you this way. Remember the verse we went to last week, Romans 8, 15 says, so you have not yet received a, or you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. You don't have to worry about what you call him because you call him God. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you. He did what? What happens in an adoption? You take their name. You might have been born, can I tell you, under another name. You might have been born under a history of a name that is generations of trouble and generations of problem, and everybody that has that name is some kind of rebel rouser or, or, or problem stirrer, or, or maybe you're the one who put a black mark on the name, but when you accepted Jesus Christ, you were adopted into a new family, and you were given a new name, and that made you part of the family of God. Can I get an amen? Today, man, we are God's adopted children. We took on his name. So how do we live up to his name? I mean, we have to ask ourselves, do you live according to who he is? I mean, how will my current action reflect upon my father? Can I tell you that not only will your action reflect upon your parents, your parents' actions reflect upon you. I'll never forget one time. I was uh, 17 years old, and I'll just date myself a little bit with this. Uh, I I decided that I wanted to get myself a sport car because I wanted my mullet to flap in the wind when I took my T-tops out. Come on now, amen. And some some of you are laughing, but I was there. You had them too, amen. But I walked in, I was 17 years old, and I walked into the banker's office, and the, the, the banker person was talking to me, and they said, that's, they said, Don, you know, that's great, it's not much money, I'm sure you can afford this, but you're going to have to have a co-signer uh, if you're going to get this loan. You're going to have to have somebody else put their name down if you're going to get this loan. I said, no, you don't understand. I, I, I'm going to pay for this myself. And they said, you're, but I'm sorry, you're going to have to have a co-signer. And about that time, the president of, of the bank down in Cumming, Georgia, walked past, and, and he looked in, and he saw me there, and he said, what's this young man here for? And, and he said, son, what's your name? And, and I, I told him, I said, my name's Don Allen. And he said, he said, and are you Rodney Allen's boy? And I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, give him whatever he wants because I know his daddy, and trust me, he will pay. Can I tell you, it wasn't just because of my father, but my grandfather was always that way. Everyone that knew him knew. Matter of fact, if I didn't pay, my dad would have dealt with me, but my grandfather would have come dealt with my dad for not making me pay. Because that was the history of the family. Can I tell you something today? Are we living up to the name? Because the way that I'm acting today needs to reflect on the fact of who my father is. It's not who my dad is, but it's who my father is. And I have been given a new name. And the way that I live today needs to be a reflection of the power and the victory of his name. Are you with me? It needs to be a power of who we are in Christ Jesus. And it's not just sin. If I'm living in fear, if I'm living in, in, in this, this, this constant struggle and, and depression and these kind of things, I need to shake myself because the world's watching me because I have taken on a new name. Preaching truth today. Does your life reflect your new identity given to you by his new name? Can people see the resemblance? I mean, think about this. We pick up phrases from people that we hang out with. We wear clothing that fits with a certain crowd. Somebody drove past me the other day and I saw them and I saw what they had on and I thought, somebody loves them. They fit somewhere. 
I said, that's very small slice of, of culture, but they fit somewhere. And I was thinking about this. The way we dress, the way we act, the way we carry on reflects the people we hang out with. The way that we act should reflect the people who influence our lives or those who influence our lives. When we begin to realize that we are God's child, it will affect and influence everything about our lives. We'll begin to say, I can't go there. I can't do that because I am his child and his child has no business being there. I mean, this is holiness. This is truth. God wants you to bear his name with integrity. And I feel this today. And I have to ask you, do you live in ways that can't walk parallel to the path that Christ left for us to follow? I mean, if you can identify areas of your life that you know are not pleasing to God, and then you know you are not living up to the standard of his name. I mean, think about that for just a moment. Now listen to what I just said. I said, if you can identify areas that you know are not pleasing to God, then you know you're not living up to the standard of his name. And I can hear what some of you are saying right now. Some of you are saying, well, I knew there's no way that God could be pleased with me. I never said God wasn't pleased with you. What I said was, are there areas of your life that you're living in that don't please God? You see, you're missing a great truth there. I can hear how the enemy would turn that lie on us, but that is not the right way to look at it. It's not that your failure causes God to reject you, but that rather God is inviting you to leave that old way behind and start living up to your new name. To start living in the new reality of these powerful truths. Remember something, this commandment is not a threat. We think God focuses on our behavior, but our actions are only a small part of what it means to take God's name in vain. In reality, this commandment is directly connected to how we view ourselves. And until you can see yourself as God's child, the one that he loves and the one that he's pleased with, you're never going to walk in the power of the new identity that Christ has given you. Because if all you can hear yourself saying is, this is just the way I've always been, then you've missed out on a significant point in your life when you entered into a covenant that changed your name because you are not a remade over version of yourself, but yet you are a new creature creation in Jesus Christ who has been born again and not changed into darkness but changed into the glory of his glorious light. And you have to shake yourself and when your old name starts creeping up trying to mess with your new name you need to open your voice and preach yourself this very three point sermon. Devil, don't you understand? I'm his child. I'm not going back there. I am loved by God. I don't have to look for love in all the wrong places anymore and I am pleasing to God and by his grace I'm not going to let my guard down. Amen. Is this truth? It's true. We need to live this way. We need to walk in this. And it's the part of learning our identity is in Christ. You see, God has given you the gift of identity. He's given you His identity, His sufficiency, and His qualifications. The reason we struggle with being able to please God is because many times we're held captive by our old identity. We can't live there just saying that's who I was or who I've always been. We've got to begin to live in who we are now. If you realize the gold in what I just gave you, when you're living like you used to be, 
you'll never live like you want to be. Come on now. You've got to begin to live in the identity of who you are in Christ. You see, most of us know who we want to be, what we want to do, and where we want to go. But we just can't seem to get there because we don't see how to get there. But here's the truth. We can only live there when we walk in the power of knowing who we are in Christ, that I am God's child, that God loves me, and God's pleased with me. Can I tell you that Jesus did not just die to get you off the hook for sin? He died to resurrect the person that you were destined to be before sin had its way with you. And he wants you walking in holiness. Guys, we all have 46 chromosomes, 23 from each parent. The combination of those chromosomes determines everything from our eye color to the number of hair on our head. Some of you got better chromosomes than others. Come on, amen. But your identity is part heredity, or, and it's part of who we have become in life. Knowing who you are in God is also part heredity. It's what you inherited when, when you became part of His family and part destiny. When we choose Christ, I want you to see what happens. Watch this. We become co- or joint heirs, Scripture says, with Christ. Are you with me? We become what? Co- or joint heirs with Christ. Get ready for this. We become joint heirs with Christ. Now, when we think about being an heir to something means we have an inheritance. When we think of inheritance on an earthly term, we think about things like this. Who gets to China? Who gets stuck with the recliner? Come on now. Who gets the house? But I want you to notice something. That an inheritance is only received at, after the death of the one who owned them. The problem with that is that God's never going to die. So... There will never be a dividing up of the inheritance because he's not going to die. So what then do we receive? Can I tell you? We are joint heirs with Christ. That means we receive the same thing as Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. So what then do we receive when our Father is never going to die? The same as Christ is this. Christ received an inheritance of identity. He said it this way. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the... Father. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. The inheritance that we have in God is an identity that tells us who we are. And as we begin to live in this reality of knowing these truths, we will discover who we really are. I'm telling you, we're never going to get up there and be like, well, that, that street of gold is yours, and that bricks over there are yours, and that gate of pearl is yours. God's never going to die, so the only thing that we have to inherit is the joy of knowing who we are in Him. I want you to get this, because Jesus walked in the truths of who He was, and as He walked in the truths of who He was, He was able to become the highest and best example of what He was created or came into existence to be. Can I tell you today that we no longer have to stay bound to yesterday's sins and yesterday's struggles and feeling like we're somehow a leftover, made over, come out version of who we are in Christ Jesus. We have been given an inheritance with Christ. And I'm, I, you know what? I, I don't even care that I'm getting mad and yelling right this moment. I'm mad at the devil for keeping us bound down and tore up and making us feel like we're not who we're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. But I want you to listen to this preacher this morning. There is victory. There is hope. There is power. There is deliverance. 
when you realize I am not what the devil said anymore. I am a child of God. I am called of God. I am loved by God and I am pleasing to God. Can I get an amen this morning? Stand with me today. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 17. Revelation chapter 2, verse 17 says this. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Sometimes we're not listening, but listen to what it says. What the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is what? Victorious. The one who wins. I will give some of the hidden manna. Listen to that. He said, I'm going to refresh you. And I will also, notice this, give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Now, the problem for us is we don't understand the significance of what's being said there. We're not thinking with a Greek mindset. And you have to understand, during the time that this was written, the whole world was influenced by a Greek mindset. Most of this was written in Greek. It's the language of the world. Alexander the Great has pushed culture all over the known world at that, at that point. And what is being written here is a Greek mindset. And so to understand the power of being refreshed in Christ because you won and then receiving a white stone with a new name on it, you got to understand this. It's very, very simple when you get this. In the judicial system... Uh, of the Greeks. If, if you were guilty, it was determined with a black stone. And if you were innocent, it, you were given the white stone of your innocence. Now I want you to watch this. Here's what the word says. The word says that one day if we keep pressing on walking in who we are in Christ Jesus because of the blood of the Lamb that has washed us clean, we're going to walk into heaven. We're going to become refreshed. We're going to be greeted by the presence of God. And we're going to be handed a stone that says you're innocent. You're not who you used to be. And on that stone is a new name. A name that is not a name that I'm trying to live down anymore, but it's a name that I was created to be from the beginning. It's a new person. It's who God's called me to be in my highest and best form of why I was created. Can I tell you that's a journey that this three truths want to take us on and toward to be victorious until we get there and we're refreshed, and we see who we really are. That's why Scripture says, now we see everything as it were in a mirror. Everything's judged by, by our past. But one day we will see clearly, see Him face to face. Every head bowed and every eye closed. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.